0: Bible Ephesians chapter 6. We've been sharing on the armor of God and we started it and then we took a little break and then we, uh, I think the last two weeks, Pastor Joshua has been sharing some things on different pieces of the armor. Um, you know, I think that this is to some degree, to most Christians, they are familiar with this passage of scripture. But I think a lot of times what happens is we just read through it and we don't really fully comprehend all the different pieces of armor that we have been given and how they are to be implemented within our lives. And I believe that the Lord is bringing understanding and revelation. I know that Pastor Joshua shared on the belt of truth and also the breastplate of righteousness. And uh, tonight I'm gonna to be sharing specifically about the having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, I'm gonna read the scripture here in a moment, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, For the longest time, whenever I read this whole passage of Scripture, that seemed to me like the boring piece of the armor, okay? I'm just being really transparent and honest with you. The preparation of the gospel of peace, peace, that doesn't sound like that's going to be effective in spiritual warfare. But how many of the Bible actually even says, it's what Paul says, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Can I tell you that the way that we fight in spiritual warfare is different than the way that the world fights and the moment that we try to fight on the world's terms and we try to do it in the same way that the world does it, understand this, we will not be effective. As a matter of fact, we'll end up falling and we'll end up losing. And the reality is there's a lot of Christians that are always trying to fight in the same manner that the world fights in. We try to mimic what the world does in hopes that we'll get, we'll find some kind of advantage or gain some type of footing. But the reality is that is not the way that we win because we've been called to a different kind of warfare. But I will tell you this, if we will do it the way that the Bible prescribes it, we're gonna come out as the victors at the end of the day. You know, it may take uh, uh, may seem like... T- it- Sometimes it may seem like it takes a little bit longer, but I will tell you this, victory will surely uh, come in your life whenever you do it God's way, amen? And so we see Ephesians 6, verse 10, and I love this passage of scripture. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the, everybody say the Lord. The Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not your might, but his might, Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the strategies of the devil. Now notice this, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now it's very important that you get this. Because I'll tell you this, if you don't get that phrase right there, you will miss everything else from there on. You have to understand this, and Paul makes it very emphatic. Guys, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. In other words, what you're wrestling against is not people, nor is it created by man. Because understand this, spiritual weapons do not have power in the realm of the natural. They will affect the natural realm, but they don't have power in the natural realm. Spiritual weapons have power in the spirit realm. And so what he actually says is, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Listen, as long as you're convinced that somebody is your problem and that's your enemy, and if you just got rid of them, everything would be okay. My friend, the devil has already won in the battle. And you have to realize that people are not the issue. You have to realize that the people that Jesus died for are not the issue. It's what is controlling them it is the underlying spirits and principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's what we're wrestling against. And so Paul specifically says, you got to get this guys, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. No, no we're not going to fight the way the world fights. We recognize that's not really our enemy, but against what? Principalities, power. So understand the principalities that Paul is specifically speaking about, he's talking about demonic principalities. He's not talking about people or he's not talking about anything that man has created. Why? Because the previous statement says, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, okay? So it's not anything that man has created and it's not any person and it's not any entity that man has created. But we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of a darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, I'm not going to take time tonight, but there's been some wonderful teaching that different men of God, anointed men of God, uh, even Brother Hagin, I, I don't know if anybody knows who Brother Hagin was, but anyway, Brother Hagin taught about the four different levels, four different classification of demonic forces that we are wrestling against. And what Paul is talking about, this is what we're really up against. This is what we're fighting. As a matter of fact, the things that we face in our culture, it's not just motivated by a man or a group of people. It's motivated as far as the things that we know that are not biblical and things that we know that are not right. We know that are contrary to the gospel. Those things are motivated by demonic principalities. That's what it's motivated by. And the devil gets in there and twists people's minds. And, and may I say any type of confusion and any type of, uh, uh, of uh, 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 where people are, they've got off course of what the Word of God actually prescribes as what is right in family, what is right in gender, what is right in male and female relationships. The devil is always the one that is perverting it. You know that. See, because uh, I don't have time to get into this, but. We just have to understand that, and so that's what we're wrestling against. It's not one individual who thinks a certain way. Do you, do you understand that? My, they're not my enemy. There's something that is motivating them there. There is somewhere the devil has gotten there and twisted things. And the reality is, Jesus loved everybody that was twisted because He came to untwist them. Praise God. Amen. How many of you know Jesus still loves twisted people? I said Jesus loves twisted people. And by the way, some of you were twisted before you got saved, right? Was there anybody here that was twisted up a little bit before you got saved? Yeah. Anybody messed up a little bit before you got saved? Yeah. And not only got saved, but some of you got saved and you were still twisted up. And thank God some people had patience with you and said, you know what? We're gonna preach the word. You're gonna have your mind renewed because you're gonna be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not there yet. Yeah, you got born again, but you haven't arrived yet. And there's some untwisting that we have to do within our lives, right? You might've got saved, but you know what? You carried all kinds of baggage into the kingdom. I mean, some of you, you, listen, you had an allied truck that you were pulling full of baggage the whole time you were coming into the kingdom of God. You know what I'm talking about? You had a U-Haul. Man, you'd been hauling that stuff. You'd been hauling that hurt. You'd been hauling that bitterness. You'd been hauling that anger. You'd been hauling those crazy ideas. You'd been hauling everything imaginable that wasn't godly, that was anti-biblical for so long. And you were proud of it. And not only that, you said, that's just me. No, that's not you. That's baggage of the enemy attached to you. And thank God you got the word of the Lord and you went through LRM and and any other thing that we had here, praise God. You had hands laid upon you. You were cast, things were cast out of you, cast off, cast in, and praise the Lord. You came out on the other side, delivered and set free by the power of God. Amen. Does anybody have a testimony that kind of sounds a little bit like that? Right there, praise the Lord. Thank you. Got, got some honest folks here. We all came into the kingdom twisted. Even, even if you were brought up in church, sometimes there's twisted things. Wrong ideas about who God is. You know, I was brought up in church, and I thank God, but I mean, I didn't have a real, really a, a, an accurate understanding of who the Lord was. I mean, whenever I was 10 years old and I can remember, of course, we, we were taught that Jesus was coming back any moment. I don't know if anybody else is brought up that way. I was brought up in Pentecost. Woo! hallelujah. I mean, that's how I was brought up, and I thank God for that. But, but nonetheless, you, and I know some of you have heard the story before, but it, this is back whenever they flew jets. We, I, for you that don't know, I was raised here. This is my hometown, or, 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 Panama City. But they used to fly jets. Paul used to fly jets out there at Tyndall. And they would break the sound barrier. Can't believe you did that, Paul. <laughs> but anyway, they would, they, would, they, would, they would fly jets and break the sound barrier. And I remember one day playing outside. I was by myself. And whenever I was outside, I, I came outside from the house. And my granny, it was over the summer. And my granny was watching us. And my brother was in there. They were in there and she was watching her soap operas. <laughs> and I don't know what my brother was doing. But all of a sudden there was, there was a boom, big boom went off. And I looked around and there was no, I mean, it was just a clear day, no cl- not a cloud in the sky. And so the, I've been taught my whole life, you know, Jesus is coming back, sound of a trumpet's going boom, boom, you know, and you better not miss it. <laughs> Anybody else hear that? I I know you did, Jimmy. And if you missed it, what was gonna have to happen? To get to heaven, you gotta have your head chopped off. Am I, uh, did anybody else hear this? Yeah, you're gonna have to have your head chopped off. Yeah, yeah, showed us movies of that. And, And so I went back in the house, with fear and trepidation. And I said, Granny, not a sound. Andy, not a sound. And I'm thinking, Granny made it, Andy made it. I missed it. I don't know what happened. And so the only thing I could envision was this little head. Yeah. Well, you know, you have different ideas. You have these different ideas of the Father, different ideas of the Lord, different. He's just waiting just to, if you step out of line, you're gonna get it, right? You're going to get it. If you you do one thing wrong, man, God's just waiting there and he's got the baseball bat. He's going to knock you upside the head. Listen, if God knocked us upside the head every time we missed it, we'd be being knocked upside the head all the time. We'd have so many knots on our head, you know, we wouldn't be able to recognize anybody. This is the reality. How many know that he is rich in mercy? How, How many of you are glad that he's rich in mercy? James, I just wanted to tell y'all congratulations for you and your beautiful bride. Would you stand up? They just got married this weekend. Congratulations. God bless you. We love you. We're supporting you. We're holding your arms up and God's going to do great things in your marriage and in your home. God bless you. Come on, give them a big praise of Lord for what God's doing. Amen. Well, I didn't preach myself happy. So we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. you got to understand it's the devil that makes people get off. It's the devil that brings confusion. It's, It's the devil that twists people. It's the devil that causes people to go and do things that they shouldn't do. Okay? People aren't born that way. The enemy comes in and twists things within their lives. And so what we have to realize is that's what we're fighting against. That person there is not my enemy. And they may not think the way that I think, But the reality is, that does not make them my enemy. The people that Jesus loved so much and he was willing to go to the cross and die for, just because I don't agree with them, doesn't make them my enemy. How how proud do we have to be in order to think that just because somebody doesn't think like us, that they're our enemy whenever Jesus himself died and went to the cross to save them? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And you see what, we've got this idea that, you know what, if you don't think exactly the way that I think, then, you know, bless God, you're my enemy. And I'm gonna fight you. You know what, we gotta get out of this, my friend. Verse 13, y'all still with me? Y'all still love me? And we're gonna tear down some sacred cows tonight. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day. And having done all to stand, do what? Everybody say, stand. Stand. So you've got to keep standing. After you've done all to stand, stand. Having girding your waist with truth, Pastor Joshua shared a Having the breastplate of righteousness, Have you know that you are righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When did you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? It's not whenever you lived a perfect holy life because the reality is you're probably not living a perfect life right now. You became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus the moment you said, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You received his righteousness, it was imputed to you. Righteousness means that you have right standing with God just like you never done anything wrong. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that God sees me through the blood of Jesus. I am thankful that he sees me through Calvary. I'm thankful that he sees me through the accomplished work that took place. Now, that does not give us, any of us, an excuse to go out and sin and do and live however we want to live. Amen? As a matter of fact, it gives us all the more reason that we ought to live up to who we have been made in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We'll just stop right there because I want to get into this. The preparation of the gospel of peace. As I said before, I've taught on the armor of God. And this is the one I always just kind of, let's go through this one quickly. This one isn't real exciting. I want to talk about swords. (laughs) Right? Let's talk about the sword of the spirit. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's, let's talk about the shield of faith, bless God. Sword, shield, you know, breastplate, helmet. Those things are the exciting things. Your feet, your shoes. And so I just kind of go through it quick. And I'm telling you, God just dropped something on the inside of me. And uh, over the last little while on the preparation of the gospel of peace, So what he's saying here is this, that your feet are to actually be wearing, your spiritual feet are to be wearing the preparation of the gospel of what? Not not the gospel of anger. Not the gospel of hatred. Not the gospel of, I don't agree with you, so you're my enemy. Not the gospel of, I can't stand you. It's the gospel of peace. Everybody say peace. You know, one of the things that we see, even in the New Testament, Paul said to do this, as much as lies within you, you live peaceably with everybody. As a matter of fact, numerous places in the New Testament actually says to pursue peace, not just peace with God, but pursue peace with your fellow man. In other words, what we are to be in the natural is not to be warmongers always looking for a fight. Now in the spirit, what we're gonna do is we're gonna fight on our knees. We're gonna fight with the weaponry that God has given us. But we're not looking for somebody to pick a fight with. And I think all too often, Many Christians have destroyed their witness because they're always looking for a fight. And I believe that God wants to change some of our understanding so that we recognize we're not here to fight with people. We are here to fight devils. Now, I taught on spiritual warfare for years and years and traveled and talked about spiritual warfare and specifically about praise as a weapon of spiritual warfare. Understand this, the weapons that you have been given in the spirit do not have authority in the natural realm. Do you understand what I mean by that? They have no power in the natural realm. They have power in the spirit. Spiritual weapons have power in the spirit realm. It will ultimately affect the natural realm, but that's not where they are actually, uh, uh, where, where you have. they have authority to operate within. And so we have to make, in other words, like a, a gun or something like that, it has power in the natural realm. It'll do something in the natural realm. Well, we see the weapons that we have been given, they're not here to do things in the natural realm. There's not necessarily going to be an immediate natural expression of that. And so we have to realize that what we're doing is we're fighting against demons and principalities. again, one of the part uh, part of the weaponry, part of the armor that we have is that we are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen it becomes your shoes. Why do you need shoes? Because shoes protect your feet. Shoes help you get to your destination. In other words, they enable you to traverse and overcome rough terrain and obstacles. Has anybody here ever encountered some adversity within your life? Maybe some obstacles in your life? I know that we all have. Understand if you don't, just like in the natural, if if you're encountering some obstacles in the natural, if you don't have shoes on, then you're going to have difficulty overcoming those obstacles. And there are many believers that are not overcoming because their feet are not shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're going to talk in a minute just about exactly what that means. Okay. In other words, what happens whenever your feet are actually Uh, you have on the right shoes, they actually protect you from what could potentially hurt you or harm you. I was going to have Gil bring a a pair of uh, combat boots. Anybody ever seen combat boots? You know, there's a reason that military people wear combat boots, right? And uh, the reason that they wear a specific style of boot is because that boot actually protects them and it also gives them support so that they don't fall there's all kinds of the benefits that happens from wearing those kind of boots. But the bottom line is this, if they're going to be in combat, they don't need to have flip-flops on, right? If you're going to be encountering a real enemy, I'm talking about a natural enemy, if they're fighting, uh, you know, uh, at part of the Army, Air Force, whatever it might be, you don't need flip-flops on, all right? Paul, you didn't fly with flip-flops on, did you? Okay, you had boots on. And so most every military person that's, or a person... That have been in the military recognize that if you're going to fight, it's just a part of your uh, your uniform that you have to have on in order to be effective and to be protected. And I believe there's a lot of Christians that are not, they're not living with their protection on. Are you following what I'm saying? Because their feet are not pro- actually shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you're walking through a briar field in the natural, it is good to have some shoes on. Now, I, I, yeah, the right kind of shoes. Now, I, I uh, actually, and Stacey will tell you, I, I wear shoes all the time. I wear shoes most of the time even when I'm in the house. And I may take off my, and I have very tender feet, okay? Uh, and, uh, and so I don't even like walking outside on the grass without having some shoes on, okay? huh? I, I don't even like walking on beach sand, <laughs> without having something on my feet, okay? And th- much less anything that's kind of sticky or you know that might have a, some type of... Uh... Okay, that's good, yes. But anyway, I like to have something on my feet whenever I'm walking, why? Because I want my feet protected. And so if I go over here and I'm walking over here and there's a stick out there or whatever and I don't see it and I step on it, I don't necessarily uh, hurt myself. And I've said all that just to say this. This is where I'm going with this. Some of you may not like wearing shoes at all, okay? Some of you may like going barefooted all the time. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that like going barefooted all the time. There's a lot of Christians that just want to wear flip-flops all the time. There's a lot of, a lot of Christians that want to act like they're on vacation all the time, but you got to understand you're a part of the army of the Lord, and you better put on your combat boots, and you better wear the preparation of the gospel of peace if you're going to keep from falling. Okay? You have to put that on. The gospel of peace is the key part of the armor of God that, that has given the church an ability to fulfill destiny and purpose, amen? The bottom line is this. If something happens to your feet, your mobility and speed will be impaired. The gospel of peace is your combat boots in the war against the devil. And you better put on your combat boots if you want to be protected and if you want to have mobility and if you want to reach your destination, the purpose that God has for your life, then you got to put on your combat boots because there's a real devil out there and he will try to withstand you and keep you from moving into purpose and destiny. Imagine just a moment a soldier going into battle without his shoes on. He's going to end up losing his footing at some point in time. Now, when Paul makes this comparison with the armor of God, you have to understand that he is making a comparison to a Roman soldier's armor that he is actually wearing. And the Roman shoes that they had, To wear, Going into battle, they had cleats and spikes that were actually in the bottom of the shoes. This enabled them to be able to stand firm, number one, and also the shoes themselves could be used as a weapon if need be because there were sharp spikes on the end of the shoes, actually built like what we would call a pair of cleats. How many of you men ever wore a pair or ladies wore a pair of cleats? Right? And, you know, one of the reasons that whenever we were playing, uh, whenever I was playing football and, and even baseball, we had cleats. Why? Because it kept us uh, from slipping down, and it kept us safe, and it gave us the ability, whenever we were on a wet surface, we weren't going to just go sliding all over the terrain. Is this making sense to you? Okay. So understand this, this enabled the Roman soldiers to be able to stand firm. And remember this, at the beginning, we already read the scripture, of that passage of scripture, what Paul said this. He said this, at the beginning, he says, having done all to stand, stand. Having done all to stand, stand. Let me say it another way. So you could have every other piece of equipment and every other piece of armor on, but if you don't have your shoes on, you're not gonna be able to stand. Is this making sense? This is a very, very important piece of your armor because you can have the shield of faith, but if you don't have on the right shoes, something hits you, you're going to lose your footing. There's a lot of believers that are losing their footing because their feet aren't shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen? So the armor, this piece of the armor is so that you can remain standing many believers as i said they're losing their footing and then falling because they don't have the proper shoes on they have their feet hmm. they have their feet shod with the gospel of talk radio thank you for that overwhelming response many have their feet shod with the television news you see it for you that don't know the word gospel literally means good news everybody say good news So your feet are to be shod with the preparation of the good news. The good news of Jesus, the good news of peace. The good news is this, you're no longer, you don't have to be separated from God. But so many believers today, they've got their feet shod with the preparation of every other kind of news that's out there. They have their feet shod with the latest gossip that's going around. And my friend, if that's what your feet have been shod with, I'm encouraging you today to get you some new shoes. I'm encouraging you today to begin to grab hold of something different. If these things have captivated your time and captivated your mind and that's all you are engrossed in and before, you know, rather than speaking the good news of Jesus, you've always got something else to say about everything else that's going on in the world. My friend, it's time to put the good news in our mouths. Hallelujah. Amen? Because let me tell you what, the good news is more powerful than anything that's going on. And the good news of the gospel, the gospel of, the, of peace, it is more powerful than anything that's being proclaimed or declared in the world today. And by the way, it will overcome everything if we'll only believe it. And again, we're sharing everything else in the world, and that's what we talk about. And my friend, I would just encourage you to get a different conversation now the word preparation there it literally means to make ready or readiness. Okay? Every day, please write this down, you should equip yourself with some good news. I'll say it again. Every day you ought to equip yourself with some good news. Because I will tell you you're gonna meet some people that have some bad news. <laughs> How many can verify that every day you probably come into somebody you come into contact with somebody that's got some bad news to share? You know what? You better be prepared with some good news to counter the bad news that comes your way. It will come your way, but you got to have something that's better. Somebody said, "Oh, it's really raining and storming outside." That's okay. Praise the Lord! I got a nice house and I got an umbrella. Okay, I'm just using that as an as an example. You know, it's going to get really bad. You know what? I mean, prices are going up. It's terrible, terrible. You know what? I'm glad that I serve Jehovah Jireh. I'm glad that I serve Shaddai. And my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. You know what? And regardless of what happens in the world, my God will still supply for me. He has never let me down. Hallelujah. Amen. Most of us have lived long enough to see some things happen in the world. And can I tell you what? I never missed a meal. Even whenever it seemed like things were tight, I never missed a meal. Praise God. Can't you tell? I've never missed a meal. Hallelujah. Well, this is the reality, you know, unless I decided not to eat. But the reality, is, we have been in some really tough situations. And we got married really in a terrible time whenever interest rates were 18%. You think they're high right now? Does anybody remember when interest rates were 18 19 20%? Does anybody remember that? Right when we got married. So listen, 6 or 7%, it ain't really that bad. Okay? Now, we always wanted to go lower. Please, uh, I hope you understand my heart here. I'm trying to tell you that regardless of what you see over here, God's bigger over here. And the devil's got everybody looking at this little thing right here when God said, would you look over here at me? I'm so much bigger than that. If you just look at me, I'll take care of that. And can I tell you, whenever it was 18 and 19%, I still was able to buy my little Chevy Chevette. Hallelujah. And can I tell you when it was eighteen and nineteen percent, I still had all my needs supplied for. Can I tell you whenever it was eighteen and nineteen percent and inflation was crazy and everything else was crazy? Can I tell you whenever you know we got married, I think gas was about fifty cents a gallon by the time in one year is about a buck twenty-five a gallon. That was a lot back then. I mean if you compare it right now, the buck twenty-five a gallon that we were paying in nineteen eighty-two, that's about nine dollars a gallon right now. 41 years ago, because of the value of money, you'd be paying almost $10 a gallon for the same gallon of gas based upon the value of money back then. That's back in 1981, 82, okay? By the way, Ronald Reagan was president back then. I don't even want to go there. Ronald Reagan's great, okay? I don't want anybody, praise the Lord. Presidents aren't necessarily determined the price of fuel. Might need to tell somebody that. But nonetheless, but this is the reality. This is the route. This is where I'm going. God still supplied. God still supplied. Can't tell you I didn't have any problems, still supplied. God found a way. There was some way that God supplied for us in the midst of every single situation. Didn't matter what was going on. You know what? And we in the church, so many times, we tell everybody else, don't be afraid. And we're freaking out every time something takes place. And we're a contradiction because we're telling people don't be afraid, but we're freaking out. How can we continue to tell people don't don't be afraid when we're freaking out? Is this making sense to you? Are you grabbing hold of this? We don't need to live a hypocritical lifestyle. If we say we're believers and we ought to walk like believers, we ought to live like believers, we ought to converse like believers. And I say God will supply my need regardless, amen? There's some things I have control over. There's many things that I don't. Most of the things that happen in the world, I don't have any. I have very little influence in what's actually going on. But you know what? I have a God that's bigger than every single thing, every bit of it. You can put me in the middle of China, and God will still supply all my need. You can put me in the middle of Russia, and God will still supply all my need. Put me right in the middle of wherever in the world. God does not change because of the location of where I live. Amen? and we've got so many different ideas that really aren't the gospel and i believe god wants to set us free okay you got to prepare yourself look at somebody say prepare yourself yes. you got to prepare yourself with some good news how many of the the gospel gospel literally means good news so there's some good news look at somebody say there's some good news What is the gospel of Jesus? The gospel of Jesus is this, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus prospers, Jesus liberates, Jesus set the captives free, Jesus supplies all your need, Jesus will take care of you, Jesus, he will relieve you of all anxiety and all depression and all oppression. That's the good news of the gospel, amen? So that means it's whatever comes my way. Look, I've already got the answer. And there's no problem that's so big that I don't already have the answer, right? Shall death or life or principalities or power, can anything separate me from the love of God? Absolutely nothing can separate me from the love. Amen. Again, we get caught up in all these things. And we allow the things that are happening many times in the culture and the world to determine what's coming out of our mouth. And what I'm encouraging you to do do today is to begin to prepare, make the preparation of the gospel of peace. There's a reason that Paul, listen, you may think that some things are rough right now, but I guarantee you this. What the church had to live through in the days that Paul was writing these letters was much, much worse than anything that any of us have ever experienced. Okay? Okay? So when bad news comes, I have already readied myself with the good news. We should always have something good to counter the bad with. Those who don't will live depressed and live miserable. you got a choice. You can live depressed and miserable or you can live full of the joy of the Lord because I'm speaking the gospel, praise God. This is the question. Have you prepared yourself with some good news? Would you look at somebody and just ask them, have you prepared yourself with the good news? See, if you're being overtaken every day by the bad news, and that's what you're constantly consuming is all the news. Now, please, I want everybody to understand, I'm not saying it's wrong to hear the news. I'm not saying it's wrong to read the news. I'm not saying it's wrong to watch, you know, whatever you want to watch, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, you know, Fox, CNN, whatever you, whatever you, whatever your personal taste might be. That's up to you, okay? But what I am saying is this, you can't let that be that what is determining your day. That's not determining my day. That's not determining my outlook. It's not determining what I believe. I'm not letting talking heads (laughs) that are on a television set determine what I believe and what I'm going to go away speaking and saying. Because if I do that, they're controlling my life. And you know what? we got way too much of that going on. I'm not going to let that control my life. I'm going to let the word of God control my life. You know? And listen, God, regardless of what's happening, God, I think all of us will agree that whenever Hurricane Michael happened, that was one of the most devastating things that any of us have ever went through in our lives. How many would you agree with that? I, I, I mean, it's devastating. Rodeos leveled destroyed, gone. Buildings, gone, destroyed. And you know what? If we just listened to some of the news, you could have gotten really depressed. It could have given you the attitude, turn on the gas, light a match, goodbye world, goodbye. I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving on a jet plane. You know, I don't know when I, I know I won't be back again, right? It looked horrible around here, but you know what? In the midst of the catastrophe, God had some good news. Shalam. 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 Got more Jewish as I went this way. Shalam. God had good news. He had good news that although it looks devastating in the natural, although it looks awful in the natural, you got to understand, you're looking at this. I'm over here. Don't, can't you tell I'm bigger than that? Don't you t- can't you tell that the devil tried to take... His greatest blow to try to destroy you. But I'm gonna show you're gonna be a testimony of my power and my greatness. I'm declaring some good news to you today. I'm gonna to make it better than what it was before. I'm gonna give you more than you had before. You're gonna have a nicer building. And may I say, Rodeo's is a nicer building now than it was. I'm almost thankful, thank you for Michael, Lord. I mean, it made something, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Can I tell you that our generation building looks better than it did before Hurricane Michael. Can I tell you, we got more money in the bank than we had before Hurricane Michael. Can I tell you that we don't have any debt now that we had before hurricane michael my god will supply all your need according to his riches and glory you can get caught up in all the news of the day and lose sight of the good news and that's what you got to wear on your feet I'm not wearing the bad news Hurricane Michael's destroyed everything and we're never going to be able to get back and it's going to be awful and going to be terrible. What I'm putting on my feet is Shalam. Oh, yes. Double portion Shalam. (laughs) Amen. I'm a moonwalk Shalam. (laughs) All right. I got Shalam on my feet. I I got blessing on my feet. Amen? i got to hurry up. It's a timely message. If all you do is fill your mind with the bad news, hear this, you in essence are removing your armor. You're removing a piece of your armor. Your armor is not the preparation of the present news and narratives of the culture, whichever side or person you want to be following by the way, I just encourage everybody to stop following all those people and start following Jesus. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. I do appreciate it. it like everybody's following everybody except for Jesus. Their opinion, their opinion. Let's get what's Jesus' opinion on this. Let's find out what Jesus has to say about this. If you put on the wrong shoes, you're gonna lose in spiritual warfare. That's just the bottom line. Jesus was sent to preach the gospel, sent to preach the good news. And then the last thing he says, before he he ascends, what's one of the last things he says? Ricardo. By the way, it's good to have Ricardo back. Praise the Lord. Ricardo, go into all the world and preach the contemporary narrative that's making everybody happy or that will... Persuade people to think the way that you think so that you can manipulate things to become what you want them to become. Is that what he says? No, go preach the gospel. You preach the good news. Preach the good news that I've come to set the captives free. And it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what's going on because the gospel is more powerful than anything else that's going on. My word is more powerful than anything. You just preach that. And you'll see liberation, you'll see freedom, you'll see deliverance, praise God. Amen? See, the good news is that Jesus saves, heals and delivers. Understand that news is something that is being broadcasted. We should be broadcasting the good from our mouths, not everything that we despise in the world. Listen, every single one of us could have something to complain about every single day of the week. And every single one of us, if we watch news for one hour, there'd be at least five things that you could complain about. And you have at least five things that could occupy your day all day long. you have at least 10 things that you could talk about with your neighbors. You'd find some people that agree with you. And you could talk about how bad that person is and how bad that person is and how bad this person is. And never mention Jesus one time. Can I tell you, we need something to change in the church. We gotta get Jesus back on the inside, living bigger than anything that's out here on the outside. Are y'all, are y'all with me? I know this is a strong It's a challenging message. But you know, we just got to get back to the word. I told my wife, I said, this afternoon, I said, you know what, I still believe in everything I've always believed in. But I don't know, the Lord's like taking me back to some of my roots, even in the word of faith. Well, you know, we said, let God be true and every man a liar. If God said it, then that's it. It settles it, right? right. And I know what God said about me. I know what God said about this church. I know what God said about your family. I know what he says already in his word and his promises are true. And so that means this, regardless of what's happening, God's gonna still do his word. He's gonna take care of you and he's gonna make sure that his word comes to pass within your life. And everything else is a distraction. It's like smoke screens. The devil's getting over here in order to distract you from the truth of God's word. I gotta go. Peace, I'm closing with this. The gospel of peace The Greek word there literally means peace, tranquility, and prosperity. The good news of peace and prosperity. That's what your feet are to be shod with. So anywhere I go, I'm bringing, I'm taking the good news of, you know what? You can have peace with God. You don't have to live worried. You don't have to be fearful of everything that's happening. It's okay. Listen, understand this. God's bigger than the Congress of the United States. God's bigger than a debt ceiling. Are you following me on the saying? Okay, I don't want to make sure everybody's saying, I believe you need to get involved. Yes, we need to make our voice known. Yes, praise God. Yes, times we've got to shine the light on different things. Absolutely. But understand this, we have to be more consumed with the Lord. And we have to see him as the solution in our lives. He is the resolution of all things within our lives. Amen? Amen. So peace and prosperity. The, bro- the, the, we need, we need the, the gospel of peace is the broadcast of peace. Not the broadcast of you're bad and I don't like you. It's the broadcast of peace. What is that? It's this, the wall of enmity has been destroyed and now you can be reconciled to God. The broadcast of peace is Jesus has made a way that you can experience peace and tranquility, a life free from oppression. The gospel of peace is in the midst of anything, his peace will sustain you. The gospel of peace is this, that you don't have to be afraid. God's gonna take care of you. The gospel of peace and prosperity is this, you don't have to be sick and broke. I say, you don't have to be sick and you don't have to be broke. That's the gospel of peace walking around right now. You don't have to be sick and you don't have to be broke. Are y'all following what I'm saying? I'm trying to get a message across to you today. And I know what if I gotta be a fool, look, at, look crazy up here, I'll do I'll, whatever I gotta do. This is the gospel of peace wherever I go. Any situation I encounter, you don't have to be sick and you don't have to be broke. When I encounter the sick, praise God, you don't have to be sick. Let me lay my hands upon you. You know what? You encounter somebody with you. You don't have to be broke. I'll give you what I got, and then I'm gonna pray for you and believe God, I'll see you in church on Sunday. And you know what? You make sure you tithe on that, by the way. And praise God, we're gonna believe God for a breakthrough in your life. Amen? The gospel of peace, prosperity, is you can be the head, not the tail. The gospel of peace is, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed. Begging bread. Woo! See, understand the gospel of Jesus is not a message of gloom, message of destruction. You know, the church really just needs to get back to the basics of the gospel. Just, just gospels, want, you know, it's like gospel 101, okay? Gospel 101. And realize who we're called to preach and minister to. See, the gospel is not a message of gloom and destruction, impending doom and financial collapse. You don't agree with me. We got a different opinion. So you know what? I'm declaring over you that you're going to die. And I know you may say, do people actually do that? Yes, they have. And they've done it more over the probably last five or 10 years than I've ever seen in, the, in my time as being a Christian. Understand this. The gospel is neither a message of judgment on the people whom we disagree with. As a matter of fact, listen, listen, accurate prophetic ministry will not contradict the gospel. Accurate prophetic ministry will never contradict the gospel. It will not be contrary to what Jesus has already declared and Jesus has already, because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if you can't find Jesus saying it, understand this it's probably not prophetic. There's a lot of people today, and I will say over the last number of years, they've made declarations of what they wanted to see happen and then put, thus saith the Lord. But just because somebody put, thus saith the Lord on it does not make it prophetic, nor does it make it God. We believe in the prophetic, we embrace the prophetic. But just because every prophecy has to be tested, there's a good book out there on that. People who prophesy of impending doom on everyone that they had disagreed with, they got the wrong spirit. It's the wrong spirit. Matter of fact, that's what Jesus said to the disciples. They wanted to call fire down. They rejected you, Jesus. How dare they? I See, that's what I want to do with my brother-in-law. I'm gonna go a little bit long, but y'all just hang on. I want to do my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law cussed my wife out. Yeah, that's what I said too. <laughs> my brother-in-law cussed my wife out. You know what I want to do? That's it. <laughs> He's going to hell. You know what, and I was happy about it. Yeah. See, it wasn't like, he's going to hell. No, he's going to hell. you know what I'm talking about? Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you're, you're condemning somebody to hell. I know hell's gonna burn hot for them. What spirit are we of? What spirit are we of? When we're just, we're, because you don't agree with me, then bless God, God's going to get you. It is the height of arrogance. It is the height of pride for us to begin to think that. God deliver the church. God deliver any of us. If that's in our heart, in our anywhere whatsoever, God take it out of us because that's not Jesus my Jesus, he looked down at the people that were actually put him on that cross and did him the greatest disservice and injustice of anybody, any injustice that's ever done. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. God's touching some places in our heart tonight. Amen. We've been sent to preach the good news, the gospel. That doesn't mean I compromise. I don't compromise my integrity. I don't compromise my position. I don't compromise what I believe. I will not compromise the truth not one bit. As a matter of fact? Right? I still believe God made one man and one woman. And he put them together. And I believe that God made them male and female. And that's it. There's no other thing. But you know what, there's people that may come in they may think a little bit different. You know what, I'm gonna still love them, preach the gospel to them and we're not gonna reject them. We're gonna say, you know what, I believe that God will change your life. I believe there's something more powerful. You got messed up somewhere, but you know, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to see restoration come forth within your life. Aren't you glad that there were people that wanted to see God restore you? That God, there were people that when you were in your twisted up mess, there were people that God sent into your life in order to straighten out the twisted mess within your life. Every single one of us ought to be thankful. By the way, in the fact that God showed us mercy, we ought to show everybody else mercy at the same time. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Have y'all gotten anything out of this tonight? Now, I know I preached a little strong tonight. Now, this is for mature believers tonight. But i tell you what, I believe that the Lord wants, we got to get our eyes back on Jesus. Sometimes we mainly start to sing, the, I don't know if anybody remembers the song. Turn. Uh, Play E E flat, just E flat. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim. In the light of His glory and grace. Steve won't come up and play that. This was this, I'm sorry, he's too young to be able to play this song. <laughs> Turn your eyes upon Jesus look for wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely them, yes, in the light of His glory and glory. You know, it's, it's time we just turn our eyes on Jesus once again. And say, Lord, we turn our eyes on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're going to shot our feet with the preparation of the good news of peace. I got something good to say. What would happen if everybody here t- tomorrow, you go out, you share good news with somebody. You're not condemned. God's not condemning you. He loves you. He's got a better way for you. He wants to bring deliverance to you. He wants to bring freedom to you. If we'll do that, I'm telling you what, we can see this whole area. Talk about revival. Talk about turnaround. We can see an entire community turn to the Lord. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? It's reaching out, seeing deliverance and freedom. Not just the people of the Lord, but the people that are across the street of the school. I saw some people today, they're bi- they were bound, you know, and they need Jesus. Lord, help us to be able to reach into there and snatch them out of the jaws of hell and bring them into the kingdom of God. Father, I bless your people now in the name of Jesus. And I declare today, we shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and prosperity and blessing. We declare, Lord God, that we will watch what's coming out of our mouth. Lord, we're not just gonna be consumed with all the things that are going on in the world, that's going on in the culture, but Lord, we're gonna be consumed with your word, with your promise, with your blessing, with the gospel. Lord, let that begin to consume us. Let your passion, Lord, begin to consume us. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you receive something out of this tonight? Did you get something? We got listen, God, we we've been we've been commissioned to do something, we're gonna do it, amen. I'm telling you, God's gonna send, I'm telling you prophetically right now, that there's gonna be people that come in through those doors over the next several years that they're not gonna look like me. They're not gonna look like you. And you know what? They're gonna be some jacked-up people. You know what I say? Send them, Lord. Why do you think that you've been trained? Why do you think you've learned about deliverance? Is it just so that we can minister it to one another? That's wonderful and good because you know everybody needs it from time to time. But the reality is, you know what? We got a world that really needs what we're learning, the word of God, the gospel, it's meant to set the captives free. And I believe that we have something that can change our community, change our world, amen? And we're gonna see it. So you know what, whenever they come in, you know what the cross-dressers come in here, it's okay. Oh, praise the Lord, thank you for that overwhelming response. Do we agree with it? Absolutely not, absolutely not. But you know what, they come in here, you know what we're gonna do, we're gonna pray for them. We're gonna believe God for them. We're gonna believe that God will turn their life around. And you know what, if we can't have that attitude then we got to go look at our hearts and say, Lord, because He was the one that was dining with the publicans and sinners. He was the one that was going to where they were at. Let us be more like Jesus. Okay, I hope y'all under y'all hearing the heart of what I'm saying tonight. Because we again, we don't, we're not going to compromise anything that we believe. We believe we're not, we're not compromising. I, will not, I never will. Never have, never will. And I've been very vocal about it in the pulpit. Y'all know where I'm at. But I'm telling you what, when people come in here and they don't look like us, we got to say, Lord, help us reach out and minister to them and bring deliverance to them. Amen? Because that's what we're here for. We're not a yuppie club. Right? Young urban professionals got everything together. Got the car, got the house, got everything else. We're here to minister to the people that are broken. That are messed up, that are jacked up, they don't know their left from their right, they don't know which way is forward and which way is backwards. But you know what? I believe Jesus can reach down to the middle of their life and change them and bring deliverance. Do you believe that? I could preach all night long. I don't know why I'm, I'm gabby tonight, but I feel I feel a, a stirring in my heart. So let's receive this. Let's run with it. Amen. Would you just turn to somebody, reach over just real quickly. And I just want you to pray for that individual next to you. And I just want you to believe God, right? This is just, I know I'm going a little bit long. I don't normally do this, I don't normally go this late, but it'll be okay. I promise you that you'll have time to slop the hogs and feed the chickens. But what we're gonna do, what we wanna do, I want you to pray for them. Now this is specifically what I want you to pray. Let the heart of Jesus be birthed on the inside of them. Let the heart of Jesus be birthed inside of us. Lord, I pray, Lord God, for my fellow members of the body of Christ. Let the heart of Jesus be birthed in every single one of us. Let the heart of Jesus, let the heart of Jesus be birthed. Let the gospel of peace, Lord God, be that which we walk with every day of our lives. Let it be that which controls our life, that guides our steps, that we don't deviate, Lord God, from the gospel of peace, deliverance. Salvation, prosperity, Lord God, we just declare it now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, let the heart of Jesus come alive. Let the let the passion of Jesus come alive within each and every one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, we say, Lord, Lord, send the homosexuals that they may be delivered and set free. Send those, Lord, abound. Lord, by drugs, by alcohol. Lord, God, those whose families are jacked up. and Lord, God, everything's crazy. Lord, send them so that the gospel can be ministered to them and we can see deliverance come forth, that their minds could be renewed. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Can everybody just give the Lord a big praise? Let's give the Lord a big praise tonight.